0: Welcome, all Whovians. My name is Brianna, and I'm going to take you through the vortex on this guide to Doctor Who. Today, my friends, as promised, we're going to do another new Who review. We're going to be looking at Once Upon Time, the episode that came out last week, I have been very, very good, and I have not actually watched the next episode in this season yet, so I am just reacting to Once Upon Time. I'm literally about to go and watch the Weeping Angel episode after I record this. I'm super excited about that. And yes, you'll be getting a review on that pretty quick as well. So, Once Upon Time dear goodness, there is a lot going on in this particular episode. (laughs) And full disclosure, I did watch it twice. I just literally came from watching it a second time. So I do feel like I have a better bearing of the episode than I did the first time. Though I'm gonna be honest, I enjoyed it both watches and am pretty still invested in this season. Okay, Vinder and Belle, oh my gosh, they are the best characters from this season, hands down, particularly Vinder. I love their storyline that they're like searching for each other across the universe. We don't really know exactly what's going on with their, their whole love story yet, but we know that it's gonna be epic. And <laughs> it's been a while since I've been invested in a romance in Doctor Who, but I'm there for this one. I I like this kind of (laughs) big, awesome love story like this. I'm totally down for it. And I think they were the most interesting thing in this episode, followed closely by what was going on with the Doctor. So let's start with Vendor and Belle, though. I really like the backstory with Vendor. I think that it is appropriately complicated for the character that they've set up so far, and that... It makes sense, his attitude in the first episode, given the situation which he found himself in. I really like that he stood up to power and paid the price. I think we're going to be finding out more about that situation. And the reason I say that is because I do feel like there are some missing Fits in here. I'm particularly interested as to why he's alive at all <laughs> given how vindictive the Grand Serpent is with other people in this universe. The fact that he was allowed to send a message to Belle, it just kind of implies that there's something going on. And I also think that there's a lot going on in the society that is being set up for Vinder and Bell. Like they're the, the world in which they live feels very complicated. I'm getting a lot of Gallifreyan vibes from that. Just I don't know how they're acting, the political tension, the power struggle. It reminds me a lot of Gallifrey and particularly how classic who Gallifrey functions. So I'm curious if there's going to be some kind of connection there that would kind of make sense to link into the doctor story. And okay, Belle is carrying a child you guys are going to hate me, but I have some ideas here. <laughs> so the most obvious thing that the, that I feel like this this story could do to link all of the pieces together, and you might not like me saying this, but I'm just saying from a writing perspective, the obvious thing is that the child is the doctor. I'm just going to say it, just putting it out there. And these are her biological parents. And I say that just because there isn't a reason why Belle needs to be pregnant, but they decided to make her pregnant. Hence, I think that this child needs to be important. I'm not saying it has to be the doctor, but that was like my first guess. That is the thing that seems most likely, given the story structure that they're setting up. The fact that while Belle is looking through the first half of the episode, I think we're meant to think that she's looking for the doctor based on how she's describing Vinder. And there's a lot of parallels between Belle and the doctor and between Vinder and the doctor. It would make sense if there's a link there. It also could be the case that one or the other is, is the doctor and they don't quite remember it or something like that's going on. But I think that's less likely. I think it's possible that they have some kind of connection to her indirectly um, as parents or something like that. So that is one possibility that I'm just putting on the table there. I did have a lot of thoughts as to who Belle was looking for throughout the episode until it's revealed to be Vinder. I did anticipate it was going to be Vinder just because of how some of the shots were filmed when she talks about who she's looking for. The next shot is almost always a vendor. So that's usually a good indication that something's going on. And if it was going to be someone in the serial or, sorry, in this episode, it would have to be Vendor. Like, he's the only one unaccounted for. So once he's made his tape, like, talking about his loved one, I, I guess that he was the one that she was looking for. But up to that point, I had lots of theories going on. <laughs> this kind of single-minded devotion reminds me a lot of, um well, Rose or Amy and Rory or some of our past, like, romantic connections like that. So... I was debating that, particularly because, again, in the first half of the episode, all the context clues are pointing to her looking for the doctor. And I think that's intentional. And again, I think that's part of it's meant to be a reveal. But I also think that we're going to probably come back to that in some way. So... Yeah, don't hate me for speculating. <laughs> I'm just thinking about story structure here, and I feel like that child needs to be important in some way, and Vinder and Belle need to link into this larger story in an important fashion, and that would be the easiest way to do it, is that they're biologically the doctor's parents. That doesn't have to be the case. There might be something else going on. What, regardless, this child is important in some way has to be important in some way. And I suspect that the society that they come from, the fact that we aren't getting too many context clues about that, we didn't hear like their planet title, things like that, lead me to think that that is also going to be important. I wonder if they are Time Lords, either in the past, present, future, at some, in some way, just because the other weird thing was when Belle was saying, I wonder if he still looks like that. And unless this baby's developing over a really long amount of time, Vinder probably hasn't aged much, but if he could regenerate, that would be a realistic question for Belle to ask. Is like, oh, I wonder if he looks the same. So I'm kind of curious about what species Vinder and Belle are. Okay, (laughs) so there's a lot of speculation on that just throwing it all out there. Other interesting story in this is, of course, the Doctor and her journey to time, the first time round. Yay, we got some Ruth Doctor! I knew she was going to show up, but I was just, I was so excited because I really, really like Ruth Doctor. I know that she's officially called the Fugitive Doctor, but she's Ruth Doctor to me because, because when we were introduced to her, her name was Ruth. So I call her Ruth Doctor, okay? Don't hate me. This does push away from my... Deeply held desire for um, Ruth Doctor to be the next doctor because it does feel like they're trying to firmly place her in the past. But you never know. Uh, time, time is time is running wild. We, we don't know what's going on. All sorts of stuff could be going on. I I'm I was so happy to see some some Ruth Doctor here, and I really really just want to highlight this is a good episode for Jodie Whitaker. This this season has been good for her in general, but. The reason I really liked this episode is in those scenes where she's playing Ruth doctor. I loved the contrast between the two of them going back and forth, the ways in which you could see um, Whitaker's doctor, like slipping into Ruth doctor mannerisms and back out into like her doctor mannerisms. It was just (laughs) really well done on an acting level, even just the physicality of it. And it was something I noticed more the second watch really worth it just for that. So I was happy to see Ruth, Doctor. Happy to see that. I think that we're getting a little bit more with the Division here. And it seems like the Doctor got involved in something that's not so hot (laughs) with the Division. I I do not trust them and I'm not quite sure. I guess like the most interesting thing about that storyline for me is the implications here of holding time hostage. I kind of wonder if Swarm and Azor are right that what the division is doing, that trapping time with the mori is actually a bad thing. And that's might be where we're going <laughs> because just the language being used around it pushed me very much the wrong way. Like, I feel like you're like, yeah, no space can't control time. You can't just hold time still. That's, that's not possible but at the same time, it seems like if we, we don't have this in place, like the whole universe unravels. So what does that mean? I'm not sure where that's all going. The other component to this is Swarm at the end of this episode, when the doctor asks, what do you want? Swarm quotes Paradise Lost and Satan, and says, to reign in hell, which is Satan's big line, that it is it is better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. And we have a lot of mythical imagery in this particular episode. The Mori kind of look like angels. We have literally the weeping angels. This situation Feels like one between chaos and control. There haven't been overt references to Satan's pit, but again, that serial's in the back of my mind. The time that we trapped the 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 version of Satan in a very similar way to how Swarm was trapped. I'm just kind of curious where this is all going. And what the implications are here. That Swarm is identifying with Satan, with the rebel from heaven in the the Lucifer, the fallen angel, the one who rebelled against God, which would position the Mori and division and those types of people in that authority role. And I, I just, I don't know where this is going, but I'm very curious if... Where are they going to go with the mythology of this? Because this is something I think that Chibnall, as a writer, is interested in. We've seen him not particularly well yet, (laughs) but he seems to want to play with these godlike beings. They come in and out of Jodie Whittaker's era quite a bit with these absurd amount of powers and and... Almost very Marvel universe. I actually haven't seen any of the Marvel movies, but I'm kind of aware of them. And I was wondering about that a little bit. I was like, maybe I need to watch the Marvel movies because I feel like there's some aping going on here in in Doctor Who. Just based on the little bit I've seen. I, I don't know. There's... There are mythic undertones going on here, and I'm very curious if that's just what they are they're just illusions, or if there's something else going on here, or some kind of commentary being made on the nature of those myths. So it will be interesting to see where they go with that because we are talking about the nature of time and the nature of space and the origin of the universe and the universe's death. So If they wanted to go there, I suppose this is the type of story in which they could. I'm just not sure exactly where they would go with it. Um, But yes, I thought it was very interesting that we had a quote directly from Paradise Lost in this serial. And that that connection and that we're also linking to this larger story about control versus chaos. Because Swerving the Zor... They're evil, yes, but they also seem to be agents of chaos to the Division's control. And that's a really interesting thing because I feel like the Doctor is very rarely control. The Doctor's often the person who introduces chaos because systems need to change and grow and become better. Hence, she disrupts the order and the rules because those orders and rules are incorrect and i'm just curious to see at the end of this when all is said and done how we're going to feel about swarm and azor and what they're trying to do and who is in the right or who is in the wrong in this whole situation I am interested about that and interested in this random lady that shows up who's like scolding the doctor. I feel like I should know who this woman is. She she reminds me of something but I don't know what. And I just I feel like I know who she is but I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, this, so the the older lady with the um clippers who's who's just hanging out and scolds the doctor and such she, she just feels very familiar and how she interacted with the doctor felt very familiar, but I just can't place it. Like I can't put my thumb on it. <laughs> Maybe I need to see more of her, but the fact that she is suggesting that the universe is over. And I'm curious if we're going to manage to save the universe at all. Like, I I mean, I kind of hope we do, but at the same time, could this be a suggestion that we have to move to the a bigger like multiverse, or that there's some kind of other universe that we need to move to, where like every universe has its time? I, I don't know, but I'm I'm kind of interested in what is going on in this larger context of saving the universe, and whether or not that's possible, or even the right thing. Under these circumstances, I feel like there's just a lot we don't know yet. So there's that. In terms of the story of how the Swarm and the Zora were defeated the first time, that was fun, but I feel like we still have a lot to learn. I kind of guessed that Carvanistra was going to be one of the actual people with the Doctor, I think that what's going to be very interesting is finding out who those other two people are. Um, For me, the obvious choice is the person that we saw swarm kill at the very beginning of this whole crazy event serial. I'm I'm calling it a serial. Okay. We're just going to call this um, series of episodes serial. Sorry. Uh, I usually am talking about classic who, so sometimes I screw up the episode versus serial lingo in there. But Yes, yeah, so the start of this this season, this serial, we did see a woman who was killed by a swarm. And I think she would be the obvious choice as one of those two people that are with the doctor. But I think there would be more interesting things. I'm really curious if we know who these people are or if they're new characters. And I- I'm just, I don't know why, but again, like the identity of those two people is just seems to me very critical and crucial in some way and I'm I'm really curious who they're going to end up being and I'm curious where everything is time-wise because I know this is all supposed to be happening in the past but because we're in a time travel show it's possible that there are people from the future that are in the past with the doctor it's just that's all interesting and I'm going to it's going to be interesting to see how how everything connects hopefully it does I'm still I'm just holding on to the faith right now. So Carbonistra, he doesn't interact with the doctor as one would do with a former companion, unless he's really, really trying not to trigger her memories. I, I don't know. There was something about that that felt off, but not off. I, I'm just kind of curious how much he knows in relation to her and why he would feel the need to keep it all secret. So that's going to be interesting next time we, we meet up with him. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, this was just, it was a fun episode. I liked having Yaz and Dan and Vinder kind of stand in for other characters and the doctor for that matter. Um, seeing little bits and pieces in the time stream. There wasn't too much interesting going on with Dan and Yaz in comparison to the other stories. I I did like getting to see Yaz's sister again because I like their dynamic a lot. I actually would have loved for her to be on the TARDIS this season. (laughs) Like, so when I, like try to reimagine things about the series that would have been really cool to see. One thing that would have been awesome for me is if Martha's sister was actually aboard the TARDIS for a while, like Tish and Martha. I thought that would have been really fun. (laughs) And I was kind of sad that it never happened (laughs) because she seemed really cool. She was really helpful when Lazarus was around And yeah, I kind of feel the same way with Yaz's sister. I just, I I, I just want two sisters aboard the TARDIS, man. Like, that would be cool. Like Just give me that. That would be awesome. That's a dynamic. We really haven't seen two biological siblings on the TARDIS. We've had companions who have a sibling-like bond, but we haven't had, like, siblings. And I think that would be an interesting dynamic. Just, Just throwing that out there. And... Dan's little romance with Diane, I know her name now, her name is Diane, is nice. I, I like them. They're, they're, they're cute. I'm not as deeply invested in Dan yet. Um, partially because he's still a relatively new character. So, like, I care about him and I like him, but he's not as interesting as, say, like, Binder. <laughs> so um, I I want him to come out of this and be be happy and, you know, have his little romance. But we comparatively just know less about him and he... Yeah, we don't really have an established relationship between him and the Doctor, or even really him and Yaz yet because they, they haven't had time to develop that. So I think that's one disadvantage of this format is we haven't really had space for Dan to become a companion. And I feel like he's being treated as if he's been around for a lot longer than he has been in terms of the emotional weight that the doctor and Yaz are putting into him. And that feels weird because I don't think that's been earned yet. That said, I do like him and I do want like him to to come out of this in a good spot. And yes, I do like what again, I am continuing to appreciate what they're doing with Yaz this season. I think she is much more interesting this season than she has been in past seasons. I particularly liked in the time stream jumps that she always seemed to end up in a militarized or police role across the board. And that that reflects on how she sees herself and her training. I I thought that was kind of clever in characterizing Yaz a little bit more. And uh, I'll be interested to see how that works going forward. I sort of suspect that Yaz, the perfect exit for her assuming that she's exiting this season, would be to take some kind of position like that where she's off protecting um, some group or people or, I don't know, if if Division still exists. Like, I could see her going off and and doing something with Division, uh, uh, like a better version of Division, sort of like Jack um, makes... Torchwood a better place, like she could make Division a better place. I don't know. I just kind of see her eventually slotting into a role like that because that seems to be her her sweet spot. So there's that. But yes, I would say that this one is very confusing. It's there's a lot going on. I don't fully understand everything that's happening at this point. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm very willing to trust a story and just go with it. I don't necessarily have to understand all of the pieces as long as I understand the emotional beats. And in this episode, I did feel like I was on board with the emotions. I, I cared about what the doctor was figuring out. I cared about Vinder and Bell. So the, you know, I was willing to let slide the, or at least to be patient with the story. That said, I could see this turning off certain viewers and I am still concerned about how they're going to stick the landing because again, there's a lot in the air and I don't feel like we're getting very many answers. I feel like there are more and more questions being raised and we only have half the season left. So I'm anticipating that next episode we're going to hopefully be getting some more pieces into play. I guess some of the things that were resolved this episode is that we do know Vinder's backstory now and um, how he ended up in Outpost Rose. And we understand what the passengers are. We understand how the connection between Swarm and the doctor, like that he was involved in this past catastrophe in some way so so there were some answers to this episode but there's also a lot more questions and it's just a lot to resolve in one season not impossible but it's still something that I'm somewhat concerned about so (laughs) I'm just kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that we come out of this with an elegant landing I suppose but yeah, I enjoyed this one. I'm still on board for this, particularly for Vinder and Belle. I am a sucker for a good romance. And I'm curious to see what happens going forward. And I'm not sure how all the logistics of this work, like... Is Earth just, like, preserved in this little bubble? The rest of the universe outside the Lepari shield is just what Belle is experiencing? Like, this really weird, temporally strange place? Is Earth also part of that? Like, I'm not entirely sure what what this universe with Time Run Wild is going to look like. And, yeah, we'll just have to sit tight and see. Again, I haven't seen the next episode yet, though I am about to go and watch that. So, yes, I guess my sum up of thoughts here would be there is a lot going on in this episode. I do think that you need to be patient with it. And I think that there are still a lot of things up in the air that we don't understand. But if you're willing to go with that, I was pretty invested in the characters here. Um, I really liked Vinder and Belle's story. I really liked some of the things we were getting with the doctor. Oh, I, I forgot to mention that I really liked the fact that the doctor was making some mistakes this episode and struggling and encountering her limits and being told that like <laughs> there, there's a limit to what you can do and and almost made the wrong choice too in terms of, oh, like save my friends or I need to know this past, I need to know my past and no, you, you need to save your friends and you need to get out of here and that's the the more important thing right now. Like I liked that, I liked that Um, we are finally seeing some pushback on the doctor, which the show has been reluctant to do with Jodie Whittaker's doctor. So I liked that there was a lot of complexity there. Um, some of that's also brought by Ruth doctor, who is more morally (laughs) ambiguous, let's say than, um, Jodie Whittaker's doctor. So that was cool too. In any case, yes, I enjoyed this one. Again, it's hard to judge any of these episodes without seeing the whole But as of right now, I'm still on board. I am going to turn around and watch the next episode. And I may record that as well tonight and or tomorrow. I may um, make time to watch it twice. So I'll let you know if I'm still on board after our Weeping Angel episode. Thank you all so very much for listening. This has been Through the Vortex, a companion to Doctor Who.